good evening, good evening, Baltimore and the surrounding areas. Welcome to Man in the Mirror. I'm your host, Hezekiah uh, Montgomery, with our fantastical co-host, Michelle Johnson. And we are truly honored this evening to have the great Marshall Wooden with us this evening. This is a powerful woman who's going to give us a Give us her testimony and tell us, because this, this is a great woman who's going to tell us her story. But as always, you can, um, we'll start off with prayer. Dear Gracious Heavenly Father, we just bow down as gracious. Dear Heavenly Father, we just bow down before you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for loving us, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this changing of season. Lord, thank you, Lord, for lying down last night, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for waking us up to a day we've never seen before, Lord. We just thank you, Lord, for grace and mercy, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the great people that are out there in the world just doing your work, work, going out there, talking with the homeless, Lord, feeding the homeless, loving them, Lord, because you said, you know, it could be us, Lord, but it's not. But it could be us. That's for the grace of God, Lord. We ask your blessing upon Miss Marshall as she gives us her story tonight. Continue to bless her in a mighty and a powerful way. We'll never fail to give you all glory, honor, and praise. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And if you have any questions for our guests, please press the number one on your phone Amen. and you will be you'll be put in our queue. And Marshall, let me introduce you to Michelle. You know, these all these shell names are coming out tonight, but that's okay. Michelle, <laughs> Marshall, Marshall, Michelle. Yes. So it's going to be can one of those names. Absolutely. Yes, we can, yes. and it's a, a pleasure to meet you. Welcome to the show. So noise. I am actually and, uh, going in from being out in the community. I've been, I've been in the community most of the day, so, yes, thank you for this you opportunity. Doing, you don't. You're doing what you're doing. That's what we like. We, you know, we don't let anything stop us. You know, if we got something to do, we keep it going. We actually went out before and did a remote, but we got the show done. But um, anyway, we're going to we introduce you to if people, if you call in and talk to our guests, call in at 917-889-2271. Press the number one on your phone. If you have any questions halfway through, through we'll start, you know, taking questions. And um, you can log in at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash man dash n dash the mirror. Now, we're going to get right into it, Miss Marshall. Tell us, you know, tell us your story. But first, I'm sorry, I got I to gotta slow down. Let me introduce her. Uh, Marshall, comedian Miss Woody, Woodland, grew up in St. Louis, Missouri. She has been developing her com- com- comedic art since the mid-1980s as a college student at Southeast Missouri State University. Miss Woody was inspired to make people laugh by Cedric the Entertainer when he used her as a subject in the stand-up and his stand-up act. Miss Woody has performed with the uh, likes of Jesse Taylor, Don Clark, Arvin Mitchell, Bob Lawrence, and many others, St. Louis comedians. Miss Willie highly respects and honors her mentor, comedian activist Richard Gregory, known as to many around the world as Dick Gregory. Wow. After hiatus from comedy, she worked two full-time jobs as a Vice bus driver and United States postal carrier 15 years and nine, nine children later 
Okay. She decided she had enough material in her surroundings to bring her art back to the public. Miss Woody has co-hosted a radio program with Bob Lawrence. She produced hosts and sponsored the Midwest show, Midwest Show Me Funny comedy competition featuring comedians from all around the United States. Miss Woody main Miss Woody's main focus is the need for community members to encourage and support each other. And without further ado, Miss Woody or, or I say Ms. Marshall, please tell us your story because it took some time to get up to those nine kids. So tell us your story of why you do what you do. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes, it did. Uh, they are such a blessing. I am uh, currently getting out in the community, raising awareness for homelessness and mental illness. And I started doing that because I myself dealt with mental illness and uh, homelessness and actually currently still dealing with it, but in a creative way, I keep a roof over my head and I keep going with the mission because you know how it goes. When God gives you a mission, you got to, you got to obey. (laughs) You obey and you keep it going. But uh, what got me here was uh, my 16 years of working for the postal service. Uh, I worked so many hours. Uh, I developed a corporate tunnel. And during that time, I had uh, had the first surgery, and I started with my left uh, wrist area, and a supervisor there was pretty. Uh, she was she was pretty mean, <laughs> and uh, she got in my face, made threatening gestures, and eventually stuck me in the eye with an ink pen that she had in her hand. Oh so Jesus! That yes, yes. So that that. Standing up for myself and that long fight was like five years. And in that five years, I was so depressed, so severely depressed because I started losing everything. Eventually lost my home. Uh, I tried to take my life four times during that five-year fight. And that last attempt, I was in intensive care, and God was speaking to me saying, I need you. I need you to raise awareness about this. So that's what I did. I pursued to raise awareness about uh, bullying in the workplace, in which we uh, put together a documentary thanks to others who listened to my story, just like you all giving me this opportunity to tell my story. I kept telling the story, telling the story, telling the story, because I had generalized anxiety disorder from dealing with that experience. And most people don't really know much about generalizing anxiety, but it's just generalizing on that hurt, that that, that one thing that um, hurts you so badly where you just can't stop talking about it. And we put together a documentary titled The Day I Almost Went Postal. Most people kind of like mm. laugh at the topic, you know, but it's, it's a well-known uh, uh, phrase when it comes to postal workers who are now I've used it to my advantage to tell my story and not only tell the story, but put it together as a documentary. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah, I can hear you. 
We can hear you. We're still listening. We're just getting, you know, okay. you can continue. Yeah, but, uh, I eventually started to see that story as a uh, stage play, and I wrote it as a stage play, and it's basically on the shelf until I can uh, get the funding to complete it. And I decided to not only tell the story as a uh, stage play, but I wanted to, to tell the story. Trying to drown out that noise. Tell the story in multiple ways, as a book, and even as a comedy movie, and bringing a little humor to to the light, to the story, and the different variations of bullying, different types of bullying, not only just in the workplace but in the home, uh, sexual bullying, mental bullying, different scenarios of bullying in a movie titled "Certified Crazy." I know my story oh. sounds so crazy, so I had to use that word, which we hear every day, and most people don't even realize they may say that word or hear that word every day, at least two or three times a day. Right, right, right. So, wow. So, you've actually been through a lot. So, you know, give us... Give, you know, let's, we know about the homelessness, and, the, uh, you know, you said with that you had some stuff or some things. How was it as you were growing up? Well, growing up, up I knew, well, growing up, I knew I had a vision. I knew I had a purpose at an early age, and it was the humor that I loved. And it was the humor that helped me get through because I was, I was labeled a mean kid, and I just got tired of hearing that I was mean and evil and angry. So I just started telling jokes, making people laugh, and, and using it to, to you know, better my situations when it came to people bullying me. Because I, I wore really thick glasses when I was a kid, and I, I used comedy to basically get people off of me. Okay. Okay. So, you know, and that's one thing, you know, we have to always bring awareness to that bullying didn't just start as we're, you know, dealing with it now in society. But you're over in Missouri, and we're still dealing with different types of bullying in the workplace. Um, you, were, you know, were labeled mean when you were a kid. So we're talking about years and years. But now, in the past maybe 15 years, they're bringing awareness to this um, this bullying. They're bringing awareness of what's going on in the workplace. But, again, people don't realize that when all this stuff is going on, it, it, it continues to stay with you as you're growing up because, you know, you're basically, you know, going through. So you said within those years of, you know, after that, you know, altercation, that's what I'll call it, to supervisor, within five years, you slowly, as you were trying to pursue that case, if I'm correct, correct me if I'm wrong, you slowly started losing everything because if you're working all these jobs and then you're working a job this long, people don't realize that, you know, you may be okay for a minute, but it only takes something like that to happen to you. And after that happens to you, and then you want to try to get your money from the government or from whomever, but that money ain't coming like tomorrow. 
it's gonna it's, it's slowly it's gonna be a slow process, and then within that slow process, you are slowly losing everything. I eventually had to sell my home. I had to sell my home to live up that money so I could continue to stand up for my for my life. Because it was it was too many years invested and they were basically trying to take it all from me. And I had to stand up and I had to not only stand up for myself but I wanted to stand up for others who did not have the strength. <laughs> I did not have it in them to stand up for themselves. And in most cases, it doesn't matter uh, what job, uh, what skills you have in any workplace. If you are targeted to be gotten rid of, you have to be prepared mentally for uh, a fight if you're going to stand up for yourself. Yes, you know, there's a lot of that going on, and they don't expect you to fight for yourself. So there's a lot of that going on. And like I said, they're not expecting you to fight um, for yourself because they don't want people to put up a fight. They just want people to go down willingly. So, you know, you say, you know, you you went through this, you started losing everything. Um, now, what, what drove you at that point where you mentioned uh, a little a few minutes ago where you you know tried to kill yourself? Well, because I was fighting for after after my condition was accepted, I had to submit all this paperwork, very tedious paperwork, paperwork to get eight thousand dollars worth of back pay, and it took a supervisor and manager and sadly to say they were. My people <laughs> pretty me through this uh, that I had worked for since I was like 19, 20 years old. So they basically watched me grow up. And I had to go through so much just to get the back pay, which would have saved my, my, my transportation, uh, my, my utilities, and eventually the home that I was staying in. And just because I stood up for myself and made several phone calls and did research on uh, who I was supposed to contact if this if this wasn't getting done or if that wasn't getting done, they didn't like that. And the fact that because I had made this claim and I was an injured employee, I was one of many who were on entry this, uh, and we were affecting their bonus money. So there you have it. It boiled down to the money. And that's what it was mainly about. So, Mar- okay. Marcel, when you're when you're looking back, and you know you see, I guess because hindsight is, is a whole other thing. But when you're looking back and seeing that that journey, um, you know how you were moved through all these different situations. I guess in my in my mind, when you're looking back, I'm wondering: do you do you see how or, or where God was leading you, trying to get you to where you are now? Because I, you know, I'm a believer that it's not, you know, about all the the in ins and outs, the daily stuff that happens, but it's about the journey, and the journey's not always pleasant. 
but I just wanted how you really felt about that when you're looking back over that journey. Oh, well, not only that journey, but all of my uh, just previous, uh, I should say, recent journeys that I've had to do, uh, I won't get into the old issues because it was a legal matter in which I had to stand up for my, my daughter, who is now seven, she, she was four years old and something happened to her. All while I was working on this mission, I had to deal with that as well. And that just come to a uh, settlement for her. And like I said, I won't touch too much on that. But everything that I've gone through, everything I've gone through, dealing with any of my children, of course, you know, having nine children, you're going to have issues. You're going to have something that you're going to have to deal with. And I'm thankful that they're, you know, they're all healthy and, and, and uh, are here with me. And I think about some of the parents who have lost loved ones that have dealt with any type of loss and it actually brings me to why I'm doing what I'm doing. Anyone can suffer any type of loss. It doesn't matter if it's a job. It doesn't matter if it's a car. If it's, if it's a loved one or even something, uh, uh, heirloom or something that was precious to them, they can become depressed. And they could eventually end up homeless, especially if they're standing up for their rights. Absolutely. I think that, and I think that's a very important uh, point, you know, because I think a lot of people look that over that we, you know, and people say it, but I don't even know that they really believe it when they're saying that, you know, we're all one one paycheck away from homelessness, you know, some people worse than others, but, you know, that really is the honest truth. A lot of people, if they lost all their income today, you know, they, they'd be out in the street within a matter of um, weeks. And so I think that, yeah, and I think that's an important issue that we really need to consider because people don't take into, I, I love Susie or, or am I saying her name right, Orman. And, um, you know, when she's talking about, now, it's greater things that are involved in that because I believe faith in God and leaning on him and being content where you are is a part of that as well. But also, um, we need to have a level of preparedness, too, because you just never know what might happen. And in your situation, yeah, in your situation, you know, these people are gunning for you and, you know, you probably in your mind, you can you can um, tell us how you really felt. But and I'm thinking that you probably didn't think it would really end with you losing your job, you no, know, I didn't or having to walk out. away from your job. Yes, 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 I was forced out. I was forced out. But now that I have gotten closer to my faith, I know why I've had to go through all of that because I had to uh-huh. be prepared for everything that I'm about to do. All of this is the issues that I listen to when I'm out in the community, I talk to people, and it's like, okay, what I'm doing is going to help you, uh, could possibly help you. If it doesn't help you, then we are now close together where I can say that what I'm planning beyond what I'm, what I'm planning next year is going to give me an opportunity to help more people. And then I will be able to say I can, I can help that person because I'm Started building relationships. I'm building relationships with 
want to educate uh, others about financial uh, advising, uh, building financial wealth, uh, uh, using their skills and resources to connect with others. And that's basically what we're supposed to be doing anyway. We're supposed to be using the gifts that God gave us to help each other. So that means if Absolutely. you are uh, good at accounting uh, or, or coaching, uh, and, and I watch it. I watch so many people trying to get money out of those who can't really afford it, and it's basically putting them in a bind because they're using their their, their desperation, you know, their desperation for wanting to know. Uh, when it comes to business owners, I'm speaking on that level now. And what I've said over and over and over again, when someone asks me, well, what is your target market when it comes to your business? I say four people. They're like, poor people, you can't really make much money for poor people. I say, it's not about how much money I can make for poor people. It's about how many people I can reach and connect with and we do collaboration and partnership so that we can be prepared for our future, our children's future. Because what if money was no, no, of no use? If money, if money was of no use, then we would still have to use our skills. We would have to borrow. We would have to, you know, do what we have to do to, to help each other in order for each one of us to, to survive on this earth. And I like building relationships. Can you hear me? Yeah. Hello. Okay. Just making sure Hello. you can hear me. Michelle, can't yeah, hear can you. you can, yeah, can you still hear me? Can you hear me now? Michelle, I, we can hear okay. you, but I can't hear Michelle. Okay. Okay. Can you all hear me now? I can hear you. Yeah, we, we was missing. We're you. having good technical difficulties today, but... To God be the glory when, you know, not even anything to worry about. But, yeah, I was saying, Marshall, that, you know, in your bio, I I was saying where um, they were talking about where you really focus on community members supporting one another in their um, grassroots efforts, you know, to better the community. And and that's something that I was recently speaking with um, some other organizations about, because we were saying, you know, we really are supposed to be our brothers and sisters keepers, and we actually have need to support one another when there's an opportunity to support. Because if we know that these people are doing community building activities and and are helping the community, then you know all of that is going to end up working out for our good and for the good of the community. So, um, tell you. Tell us a little bit more more about. Oh, I'm sorry, Hezekiah. <laughs> I don't want to step on your toes if you had a, if you had that question to ask her. Oh no, you can go ahead. Um, you got you can ask one more question before we take a break. Well, I was going to ask like, what what are the um, the different kinds of organizations that you're involved with? I know um, we had talked about the homeless. But 
what other um, kinds of organizations? Because I see you help with fundraising for charities and different things like that. Yes, uh, some of the organizations that I have uh, included on my Operation In Homeless Mission website, I have uh, ACOP, which is an organization that assists the children of parents, uh, prison parents, uh, basically uh, helping mm. the children uh, stay on the right path so that they don't end up, you know, going into the prison system. Uh, there's a, another organization called Piano for People. It's a school. Marshall. Yes. Yeah, you were kind of going me? in and out a little. Yeah, I can hear you better now. I just wanted the, the okay. listening audience to be able to hear the organization. Okay. Okay. Uh, ASAP, A-C-O-C-C is uh, an assistant children of prison parents, and they also assist those that are coming out of incarceration, um, you know, slowly uh, get back into society and not, you know, move so fast. Because, you know, I I can hardly remember ever um, 
you know, comedians getting together to support community organizing and, and grassroots community efforts like that. So, and bringing awareness to some of these things. Like, you know, we were discussing discussing a recent, um, what appears to be like a recent hike in human trafficking with the missing um, children, teenage children. So it's things like that that are going on, and they target um, runaways and homeless young people for that type of thing as well. So, you know, it definitely um, helps to bring awareness to all the different issues that affect the community. And comedy would be a fabulous way to do so. So I think that's an excellent idea. You have to let us know when you're doing that. We're targeting the month of August next year, and I am so thankful that I have a young lady by the name of Kathy Sermon, who is my sponsorship specialist. But there's still money that needs to be raised for a free uh, event. Things that need to be done for uh, finding a legal situation to help or be that person to handle the legal issues, contracts, and things of that nature. But that's what I'm doing now, getting out in the community, fundraising, finding more people to get involved with, uh, with something to plan. The majority of the work is done. I've done all of it. Basically, the paperwork now is just time for raising funds. And I've already submitted my application and proposal to the Guinness Book of Records so that I can get out and talk about this Guinness Book of Records. A lot of people don't even know you can't even talk about it unless you've actually done the paperwork to say that, okay, I am officially trying to do this before you can even uh, make an attempt. I had to do all of that. I actually have to resubmit my information because I already have uh, my uh, attempt number and I also submitted an application to create a brand new category to get it into the larger company festival collaboration in the United States, in which we as comedians, comedy promoters will collaborate and not only entertain but pay it forward to different causes and for different causes throughout our efforts. And like you mentioned about the trafficking, uh, if I had someone on board that was standing up for those issues, that would be great. I mean, I'm looking for different people who are standing up for different causes that may want to get involved and try to get them connected to a promoter in each state because my goal is to find and collaborate with two different promoters in each state so that I can put out the largest collaboration. Amen. I'm working with quite a few so far. I have maybe about 20 six promoters uh, that have started out with me and maybe kind of like fell off because it's basically not going fast enough for, you know, how most people are. If it's not moving fast enough for them, they'll kind of like slide away and then once all the work is done, then they'll slide back in. And I'm okay with that because once the work is, is full circle, everything is full circle, I welcome anyone who's you know, ready to step up and, and, and uh, get involved at that time. Amen. 
Oliver Street, Baltimore, Maryland, 21213. Come and support the cause as we continue to bring awareness to our program. Our next um, supporter is Curvy Boss Project. Curvy Boss Project was created to empower, inspire, motivate, and change the lives of full-figured women. Curvy chicks are boss chicks, too, not to mention beautiful, intelligent, and talented. Please check them out on their Facebook page at Curvy Boss Project. We'll definitely we will take a continue taking our break. Um, we're going to listen to this song. I give myself away as Miss Marshall has given herself away as she's given herself to the community. We'll be back in a few minutes. I give myself away. Give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. I give myself away so you can. Come on, let him know. I give myself. Give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. What would happen if a generation embraced it? Come on, tell me. Here I am. Here I am.
Back live with Man in the Mirror with your host Hezekiah Montgomery and your co-host Michelle Johnson with our live interview with Marshall Woodland. You can call in at 917-889-2271 or log in at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash man dash in dash the mirror. If you have any questions or comments for our guests and you're on the line, please press number one on your phone and you will be put in our queue so you can have a chance to talk to with the great Miss Marshall Woodland, who is out and about trying to make it in, out. You know, I like that you're out and about in the community and you're doing the work that God gave you to do. And that's going to be my question on the first or the second part is, you know, when what and your what where was your state of mind when God said He knew when God said that He wanted you to do this? What was on your mind? What was on my mind was I was just tired of seeing how so many people were spinning their wheels, especially when it comes to the homeless situation. And I watched so many different organizations that are helping but not really teaching people how to start helping themselves. So if we can get more people in a better financial position to help themselves, therefore they can help more people. And especially when it comes to, like, national disasters, if there's a tornado, if there's a flood, a hurricane, or whatever, if we have this many people already suffering, we're going to have less people in position to help when it comes to getting even those people back on their feet. We still have people suffering from Katrina trying to get on their feet. You know, and then you have the other countries that are hurting, like Haiti. And if we had more people, even in this country, doing better, just see, just think how many more people can help. I like that because um, there's one thing I've, I've noticed in the past couple of few years in my life 
that there are a lot of homeless, or we look, we, we think about just the homelessness that's in Baltimore, but you're in St. Louis, Missouri, so there's homelessness, <laughs> excuse me, as you said, all over the country. So we have to come up with a way where we can help help these people out of the situations that are in. Because some of them, like yourself, you never, and like others, it's not a choice. It's something that just happened. You know, many people try to say, well, they don't want to work. They don't want to do this. No, you don't know their story. If you knew a person's story, then you can understand. So don't judge them. Because the Bible says don't judge us, I'll be judged. But don't judge them because you don't know their story. You know, but, you know, there's a reason for everything. So don't just look down on them and say, well, they're not trying to work. They're not trying to do this. You don't know their story. You don't know where they're coming from. You don't know what they've been through. And that's one thing I like about our mantra on the show, real people, real stories, real overcomers, because, you know, we want to keep it real. This is real life. You know, homelessness is real. We can't put a Band-Aid on it. We can't, you know, can't try to, you know, beautify it, can't try to fix it up and say, you know, say this. No, it's real because it's all over the country, it's all over the world. And what mm-hmm. you're doing, you know, you want to get an arena together, get these comedians together, get the future comedians together. You want to get them out there and say, hey, look, let's, let's do this for a cause. Let's get together and raise money for a cause. We raise money for everything else. You know, they say, they, you know, they, they raise money for everything else, but are they raising money for a cause that's going to matter? Because somewhere down the line, we have to figure out as a society, what are we going to do? How are we going to heal this situation or this spirit? How are we going to heal this spirit of homelessness? Because, you know, there's plenty of money out there, contrary to belief. But then we're going to have to say, how are we going to heal this spirit of homelessness? And, Michelle, I see that we have a um, caller that has a question for our Yes, so um, I'll let you take care of that, and I'll shut my mouth. Absolutely, absolutely. So we have a caller ending, phone number ending in 3492. Again, caller, phone number ending in 3492. You are live on Man in the Mirror. Welcome to the show. Caller ending three four nine two. You're live on Man in the Mirror. Did you have a question for our guest? Oh, we may have lost them. You may have lost them, Hezekiah. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Do you have any more um, comments or questions, Michelle? Well, I was going to ask because uh, I know you mentioned um, one thing that you have upcoming. So are there any uh, organizations that you're supporting or um, what your organization doing? Is it something coming up pretty soon that um, you can let people, um, you know, know about? And then also um, let people know, like, exactly how can how can they support your organization, like, specifically? Well, I would like for any and everyone that's listening, this would be very helpful uh, if they visit either one of my websites. Operation and Homeless Mission website is under www.endhomelessmission.org. So basically, endhomelessmission.org. 
dot org, and it links to my other website, which is my for-profit business, Midwest Show Me Funny Entertainment. So that's endhomelessmission.org and MidwestShowMeFunnyEntertainment.com. And through any one of those websites, they can see my petition that I have for people to go on and just talk about the homeless problems. Because basically it's a petition asking the Dome here in our city where the Rams used to play. Now that the Rams are no longer in our city, they're scrambling to have events there. So I I proposed my idea. It took me three years to get in that building for a meeting. (laughs) So this helps. When people go to the to the link, talk about the homelessness in your own city, uh, maybe an experience that you know or have gone through or you know of someone that has gone through homelessness. And I've been trying to get more people to sign that petition. That helps. Um, my email address, you can simply reach me at marshallwoodland at gmail, and that's M-A-R-S-H-E. L-L-E-W-O-O-D-L-A-N-D at gmail.com. And I always hand out my phone number. (laughs) Uh, I put that out there because when it gets really, really busy for me, then I won't be able to contact people or uh, communicate with people as easily as I can now. And that phone number is 314-243-6034. Two four three six zero I'm looking for anyone that would like to get involved at any level. Um, there's a GoFundMe. If you like to support through the GoFundMe, that's that's fine. I mainly use the GoFundMe for information because most people don't are kind of leery about GoFundMe unless it's on a national broadcast television show or news show. Then thousands and thousands of people will will give, but so many people are quick to give once the issues have happened, a national disaster or loss of a loved one or something like that. But we need to focus on trying to prepare people before they're to that level. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Because, um, you know, we we spend a lot of time being reactionary instead of proactive. And, uh, you know, just to be proactive would save, you know, a lot of trouble and, and a lot of heartache for a lot of people. So, you know, just to be proactive and, and get involved to be a part of the solution um, yes. to, you know, to that to those problems is awesome. And I, you know, I personally, I just wanted to tell you that, you know, we might be in different um, states or whatever, but I uh, appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate everyone who is involved in grassroots efforts that are out there pounding the pavement as we, you know, as we could tell, you know, while we were even talking to you today that, yes, you wanted to pause and take time to, um, you know, tell us about the the things that you're doing and, you know, try to connect with more people. But also that doesn't mean the work is stopping for you. And so you're out there tonight. 
pounding the streets and doing the community work that you do on a regular basis. And so to me, that's the, the realest that you could ever be, you know, to be, you know, on, on the show, doing an interview, but yet still trying to do your work in the community. So I definitely commend you, Marshall, and I, I thank God thank for people like you who, even though, you know, you went through some, some terrible things, you are heeding the call of God on your life for your, for the purpose that he set you aside and answering that call and, and you're out there helping people. So we appreciate you definitely. And uh, I'm going to try to get all, you were rolling those links off. So before, before we go tonight, I want you to go back through the, um, the websites and everything and even tell us what the GoFundMe name is and we'll put it up in the, um, in the event page for tonight's show. Yes, the GoFundMe link is actually uh, GoFundMe.com uh, at End Homeless Mission. And it's actually, like I said, it's, it's, the link is on my website. It'll link right to the GoFundMe. Even on the uh, End Homeless Mission page, endhomelessmission.org, it's right at the top where it says that donate to the cause, uh, help us become a 501c3 and you can link right to that uh, link from that website. And I also awesome. want to say thank you to every person who is out there doing similar uh, missions as mine, and those who are uh, those who are uh, uh, working hard and diligently uh, through the inclement weather's. Uh, Dealing with, I'll give you an example of what some of those who are helping the homeless here in my city. I mainly focus on the solution. Um, they have been citing or giving citations to those who feed the homeless and the hungry in the streets. And now wow. there is a shelter that has been around over 40 years in our city that is being forced closed because the homeless that are in the area are right in the middle of the downtown area. And, of course, all of this redevelopment, they don't want that. And I understand that, but I don't understand why they won't work with the shelter to help get more people off the streets and the fact that the city has taken so many properties and now owns all of these vacant properties. Wow. And I've said yeah. this over and over again, and I've started sharing it more on social media, that if these major stadiums with these major events that are doing events two and three times a week, especially baseball, baseball, basketball, those, those, and hockey, well, I mean, basically all of the major sports, every game, after every game, 1% of their sales, from ticket sales to memorabilia, can be given right back to the community, and we would have no homeless in no cities in this, in this country. Just 1%. It could be a half of a percent. Wow. With the millions of dollars that's made from every sporting event and major entertainment events from these major venues, with 10,000, 20,000, 40,000, 50,000 plus seats, that's a lot of money. 
It definitely this is. Why I'm is. Doing this, this is why I'm doing the event, just to show people that we can come together, do a major event, and through my calculations, to have each seat as a raffle ticket to help 300 people from the cheapest seat with three months of rental mortgage, 200 people from the next highest seat with six months of rental mortgage up to $500. Each one is up to $500. So you're basically saying $1,500 given to 300 people, not directly giving it to them in their hands, but paying a landlord or mortgage company or maybe giving them money to use as a down payment, maybe pay some citations or taxes or anything that's needed to help save their home. I know my phone is going getting 15%, but I'm going to wrap this up. 15, I mean, 300 people with three months up to $500. 200 people with six months of rent to $500. 200 people for nine months, 100 people, well, let me see, 300, 200, 100, and 50 people for 12 months comes to less than $2 million. Wow. And, you know, it, when you break it down like that, because most most people, they don't do anything because it seems like they won't make a difference just doing something alone. But, again, that's why, you know, we have to do things together. And also, we have to realize that, okay, I'm one person, but if I do it, and then another one person over here does it, and then a thousand more single people who are not affiliated with any organization but help, they help, Mm -hmm. then, you know, it's major. So it's like we we have to do something instead of making an excuse like, well, I'm just one person, I can't. I can't change the world, but yes, the world changes one person at a time, and and yes. we thank you for being one of those people. Thank you, thank you. When I when I looked at, I, when I was doing my research on organizing this event, but first when God gave me the vision, I was like, "You want me to fill up a stadium? Fill up a stadium? I'm not a celebrity, <laughs> <laughs> but I know celebrities." I know comedians that will bring a crowd, and I know people who can basically help put this event together, and that's what I've done. I reached out to this person, that person, tried to organize this group of people. That didn't work, so I had to reevaluate, reassess, get up, do it again, do it again. Because I first tried this in 2010 when I first started my business, and I was able to get like 35 comedians to come to St. Louis, and uh, it was for a $10,000 competition. Of course, I fell on my face, but I uh, still supported our women's uh, safe house and uh, the uh, Family Resource Center. I donated money to both of those two organizations. I just, I just basically did what I could with what I had, but I just kept going. And now I have more people helping, but we still need help. We still need funding. We still need help organizing fundraising events. Still need help with other things that are needed before the event can even take place. And there's a lot of work that goes into putting major events together that 
I've learned a lot, and I'm so thankful to those who are still sticking with me after many, many years, including my consultant who's been by my side since 2011. Wow. Well, we want to thank you because we're wrapping up. We, you know, I'm glad yes. you, you know, we had a chance to actually talk to you and everything that you've been going through. Um, it's been, it's a story, and we just definitely appreciate you for coming on, Man in the Mirror. We appreciate all those who called and are listening, have been listening into this wonderful story of a woman on a mission that God gave her to do. Even though she was going through a lot, she went through a lot. God gave I'm her. Still now going we have a choice. We're going to do it, <laughs> right? Yes, we have a choice. I'm still, I'm still Either dealing with the say, homelessness, but yes, sir. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, even though we're, you know, God gave us, we have a choice. We can say yes or no. And even though yeah. she's going through, she still say yes. She still yeah. said yes. So again, we thank you for coming on the show. As always, Marshall is now about man and the mayor family. If you have any more questions, Michelle has put a lot of information in the event page, and we'll continue to post those. But, again, Ms. Michelle, we just thank you for, you know, sharing your story with us. And I just want to leave this with everybody. You know, continue to continue to keep her in prayer. Keep us in prayer because God is still working on everybody right now. We have some new things that are going to be happening on the show soon. So continue to look out, pass the word around. Tell people we're on every Friday night, unless you know, unless we put the word out there from nine to ten. They can call in at nine one seven eight eight nine two two seven one, or log in into our page, our Man America um, Blog Talk Radio page at blog www.blogtalkradio.com uh, www dot com forward slash man dash in dash America. This has been Hezekiah L. Montgomery, and as always, we'll see you at the mirror. Thank you. Thank you, Hezekiah. Thank you, Michelle. You are.